What's going on, beloved? I'm BJ Clark, and this is the Kingdom Life Building Podcast, the show where we discuss practical biblical principles of Christian living. We'll discuss topics such as relationships, family, finance, and everyday Christian living. Together, we'll learn what it really means to be about that life, the Kingdom Life. Hey, what's going on, beloved? This is BJ Clark, and I want to welcome you to another Kingdom Life podcast. Um, within the last week, uh, many of you have probably noticed we've changed our name. We're now the just the, simply the Kingdom Life podcast and no longer the Kingdom Life Building podcast. So um, even though the name has changed, um, the purpose is still the same. We hope to be a blessing to the body of Christ um, with the things that we teach in the coming weeks. Um, I just want to take this moment and opportunity to extend a hearty thank you to all the friends, all associates and family members who have reached out to me, who've inboxed, who've shared um, the podcast, who've had nothing but kind words. I really do appreciate it. It's very encouraging. Um, I appreciate you all very much. Um, Just thank God for this platform. It's humbling to think that this podcast has the ability to reach millions around the world. Um, It's really humbling, but at the same time, there is a sense of importance, a sense of duty and diligence as it relates to preparation for this podcast. Um, So I don't take it lightly. Uh, Neither do I consider myself a person of high regard. I'm just a humble servant, just trying to do what God has given me to do. And my prayer is that this podcast will be a blessing to those that tune in weekly, who download it, who listen to it with their groups or or while they're in their car or at work or whatever the case may be. Um, I pray this is a blessing to you. Um, my prayer, most importantly, is that God will be glorified and the body of Christ will get stronger together. Last week, we talked a little bit about the love of God for man. Um, We're dealing with this whole thing as it relates to love, the meaning of love. We've been diving into this word agape, um, really attempting to understand its meaning. And and really that's where the title of these podcasts actually came about. It derived from um, the meaning of love. You know, what's the true meaning of love? We understand that the word agape, it means unconditional love. It's a Greco-Christian term, um, which refers to the highest form of love. It's it's the love of God for man, and it's the love of man for God. Um, we also learned that one of the etymologies, excuse me, um, an etymology is uh, basically a word that derives from another. It means love in such a way that you are full of goodwill towards the other. And we learned last week that God's love is the one that seeks out our welfare and is full of goodwill towards us. This week, I want to dive a little bit into God's love towards, uh, well, rather, man's love towards God. Um, Open your Bibles to Matthew, 
the 22nd chapter. We're going to start it around verse 33. And the Bible reads, And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisee had heard that he had put the Sadducee to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment of, in the law? Verse number 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The translation of love in this passage, um, the etymology, as we were saying earlier, it's a word that derives from agape. Um, it's a word um, pronounced filio. And, and what's mind-blowing about this word filio, um, it relates to person's meaning in the sense of um, this word filio is a type of love that means to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly. Um, as it relates to things, it means to be content at or with a thing. Now, <laughs> this is my theology. This is the theology of BJ. <laughs> um, I don't perceive God just as a person. I actually perceive God as a person, place, thing, and an idea. Oh, what are you talking about, BJ? You know, when we were taught in school, many of us were taught in schools, we were learning about nouns. We learned that nouns were a person, place, thing, or an idea. And in my own belief, I, I just believe God is all these things. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. He's referred to as our Heavenly Father. It's a person. Psalms 32 and 7 says um, that he is our hiding place and he shall preserve us from trouble. Place. Genesis 15 and 1, he told Abram, he said, don't be afraid. I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. Thing. Colossians 1 and 16 says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. An idea. So God falls in all four of those categories, which is mind-blowing. So when Jesus makes the statement, he said, Love, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. He was talking about in all these senses. Uh, in other words, to, to love God, when, when we were defining it earlier, to love God means to welcome him, to give him access into our lives and into our affairs and into our space. When we love God, we welcome him in and say, you can have access to every aspect of my life. To entertain. To entertain means to, to have him as a guest, to show hospitality to. To be fond of. Um, to means to liken or have an affection for him. And to love him dearly. 
to hold them in your highest regard. You know, the, the one thing, even when we were talking about it being a thing, you know, to be content with him. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, uh, around the sixth chapter, um, around the sixth verse, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. The Amplified Bible says, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. And it defines contentment as, um, which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. Wow. That type of love that says God is more than enough. Yeah. That's one of those things that we really have to analyze and think to ourselves. Truly, is God enough? Can we be content with, with not having the things that we desire in our life? Do we love God that much that it doesn't even matter? As long as you are in my life, God, I'm, I'm fine. I have everything I need. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean to be complacent, but contentment. To be content, meaning wherever you are in life, whatever's your lot in life, to find some type of peace in that place. We believe God is able to propel us and push us into things and bless us and, and to do marvelous things. But while you're waiting for God to push you to those areas or change those areas in your life, can you find contentment and peace where you are? That's how you know if you love God or not. Where, you know, you're not complaining and murmuring and finding fault and, and questioning and saying, well, why me or woe is me? To find a place of peace where you are and says, God, you're in full control. When you're ready to change my life, you will. When you're ready to move things out of my way, you will. And God is powerful enough that he can speak a word that will forever change your life. And I believe that. But Jesus said, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Let's break this whole thing down. This, this all your heart, the heart, it actually denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life. It's the fountain and the seat of thoughts. Um, our passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors. We, we have to ask ourselves if God is at the center of all these things. Think about it. When it comes to your thoughts, is God at the center of it? Your passions, the things that drive you, the things that motivate you, the reason you move the way that you do, is God at the center of that? Your desires, your appetites, your, your affections, your purposes, your endeavors. Is God at the center of any of that? Jesus is saying if you're going to love the Lord, love the Lord thy God with all your heart. God needs to be at the center, the center of all things. All your soul, that etymology again, <laughs> it actually comes from the word breathe. Uh, where, you know, the word, the breath of life, soul being the breath of life, the vital force which animates the body. To love God means to love God more than my life itself. Wow. All your mind, 
The mind has a, a faculty of understanding, feeling, desiring to love God so much that you would allow nothing to influence or ever change your mind about him. Now, as far as believers are concerned, I believe having an experience with God is a valuable asset to the life of a believer. Um, I've had, uh, not to make this about me by no means, um, don't want to put the attention on me, but just to give you a little little background, a little bit about myself, um, I've had various experiences in my walk with God. I've, I've had the experience of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. I've even had, you know, the, uh, I ain't going to say the pleasure, but I've even had to deal with casting out evil spirits from people who needed deliverance. Uh, um, I've even heard the voice of God audibly and even in my spirit and in my conscience and, and even seeing and experiencing physical healing. I've seen these things firsthand. And these things serve as undeniable truths to me that God is real. And so I've had conversations with Muslims and Buddhists and Jehovah Witnesses and atheists, you name them. And many of them, many of them have good, compelling arguments about Christ, his person, power in his name, so many different things they can say. But this is the thing. I've seen too much that shake that would not shake my belief outside anything outside of the faith i've seen too much that will make me lose faith in him now granted younger in the lord not knowing no better they probably could say some things that convince me and they sound pretty good but i've been in this journey going on 25 years and i don't regret one day of walking with him I really believe it is imperative, beloved, that we have that type of experience. Those experiences keep us and solidify us in the faith. We know God is real. Just to see God in action, man, I'm telling you, it changes your life forever. The, um, the Bible says, just to kind of tag on to this Matthew uh, 22, the Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, kind of on the same lines, um, it says, and he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. Love God with everything in me. Man, that's a powerful thing. It's really one of those things that we really have to analyze ourselves. Do we really love God to the extent that he wants us to love him? How do you prove your love for God? What Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse number 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. We show and prove we love God by adhering to what he asks us to do and what he tells us to do. Um, go a little further down into that, that passage of scripture, John 14, about verse number 21, um, it says, he that hath commandments and he that hath my commandments, I'm sorry, and keepeth them, he it is that love me. And he that loveth me shall also be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Verse 22 says, Judas said unto him, um, not as scary. Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come unto him, and make our bold with him. Now check this out, verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which he hears, not mine, but the father's which sent me. So how do we know if we love God? One way we know we love God, um, his love controls us. Second Corinthians, um, around the fifth chapter, about verse number 14, it says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. In other words, considering the price he paid for you and I, shouldn't that compel us to to devote our lives to him totally? Whatever he wants, whatever he says, whatever he requires, we should no longer live our lives to please ourselves, but to please him. Quick little story, and I'm going to go ahead and grade it, let you all go. But I remember my mom, God rest her soul, when I was a kid, my mom used to, you know, uh, we used to wash our, sh- our clothes at the, the laundromat up the street, and, you know, during paydays, she would get rolls of quarters, and she would keep them in a drawer, and, you know, me being... A kid, I would go in there and, you know, I would take a few quarters here and there um, till eventually I got greedy one day. And so mom came back and she saw, you know, the roll of quarters was really thin. And she asked me, and uh, she asked me, you know, did you steal any of this money from me? And I stood there flat-footed and told her, no, ma'am. And she told me, don't lie to me. And she said, I would give you just about anything you ask for. You don't have to lie to me. Now, even though I still got a spanking. (laughs) But I think the hurt that I felt that she felt was probably more severe than that that beating. And, And that really compelled me to really set my heart to do right by her. You know, that's the type of love that we should have for God that considering all that they that he's done for us it compels us to change it compels us to stay away from sin it compels us to live a life of uprightness because he paid the price for it. doesn't he deserve that shouldn't he get that from us by all means he deserves it listen i'm going to wrap this up but before i let you go you know i always have to give the invitation. I appreciate y'all hanging out with me and coming along for the ride, but um, I want to kind of keep it within the time constraints. Um, I want to extend this invitation, of course, to everyone who may not be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, considering all that Christ has done for us, shouldn't that compel you to give all for him and to him? Christ is such a gentleman. He will never force himself on you. The Bible says in Matthew, the 11th chapter, um, about verse number 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Listen, won't you consider surrendering your life to Christ? He says his influence that he wants to exert on your life is not harsh, but it's 80. And his burden is not actually a burden at all, but it's actually relief. Won't you consider that today? Listen, there are three easy steps as it relates to you surrendering your life to Christ. Number one is here. We learn through the gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose from the dead. And through the price paid by Jesus Christ and by believing on him and trusting him as Savior, we are forgiven of our sins and put in the right standing with God. The second step is to believe. In order to be accepted by God, we must believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died for our sins and rose again. The Bible says, if you believe this, you shall be saved. And the last, the last step, confess. The Bible teaches, with the heart one believes, but your confession confirms that you believe. And by confessing that you receive Christ, you make him Savior and Lord of your life. And because you have done this by faith, God has made you right with him. And with these simple steps, you can receive salvation today. So repeat this prayer. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I'm sorry. And I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me and that you rose from the dead. And I come to you now and ask you to come into my heart and to take control of my life. From this day forward, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed this prayer, beloved, welcome to the family. Listen, before I let you go, I want to encourage you to follow us, The Kingdom Life, on Facebook and Instagram. That's The Kingdom Life. T-H-E-K-I-N-G-D-O-M-L, the number one F-E. And I encourage you to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter, I'm sorry. At I am BJ Clark. That's I-A-M-B-J-C-L-A-R-K. Also, I'm excited to announce that our clothing and apparel line online store is open now. Um, the Kingdom Factory. And it has and features authentic kingdom life where you can follow that on Facebook and Instagram as well at the kingdom factory. That's T H E K the number one N G D O M F A C T O R Y. Click on the link in our bio to shop and purchase authentic kingdom life apparel and accessories. And listen, if this podcast was a blessing to you, please, by all means, leave me a comment and uh, my inbox or message me on any of these platforms and I'll respond to you as soon as possible. Beloved, thank you so much once again for tuning in. And until next time, take care. God bless.